O Lord, grant us to know your abundant love for us, that we might respond by loving you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and our neighbors as ourselves. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The English novelist E.M. Foster is oft quoted for his line, Only Connect. In one novel he writes, Only connect the prose and the passion, and both will be exalted, and human love will be seen at its height. Live in fragments no longer. In Ephesians, St. Paul writes that Christ is the plan for the fullness of time, the means by which God will gather all things up. And in Colossians, he puts it this way, Christ is before all things, and in him all things hold together. These are all different ways of speaking of integration, of saying that everything belongs, of pointing to the reality that all things are connected because we are the body of Christ. In today's gospel text, we heard one of the most well-known passages in all of scripture. At least I hope that it's one of the most well-known. It's often called the great commandment. A scribe has been watching Jesus' interactions with others and has come and seen his deep wisdom. And so he asks, which commandment is first of all? If someone asked you what is most essential to faith, what might you say? Jesus does not turn to the Ten Commandments. Instead, he turns to a passage from Deuteronomy known as the Shema and says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. This was a central command for all Jews. In fact, it still is today. Of this commandment, Deuteronomy says, Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand, fix them as an emblem on your forehead, and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. The commandment to love God functions as something like a creed in Judaism. And the Shema is all about connecting, connecting our heart, soul, mind, and strength. In other words, it's about loving God with the totality of our being. It's a great answer. Loving is central to faith. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He connects something else to loving God, loving our neighbors as ourselves. And so when Jesus is asked, what is the most important commandment? He responds by connecting these two things and making them into one. And if we were to shorten Jesus' answer about which commandment is the greatest, we would say that the greatest commandment is love. 
Through and through, our faith is rooted and grounded in love, and love is the fruit that blossoms out of faith in Christ. It is central to our parish identity statement. Come and see, beloved community, a community that is loved by God, that strives to love God in response, and seeks to foster beloved community among our members and in our neighborhoods. Now, in fields like mathematics, physics, economics, and psychology, all the experts are searching for answers that will explain everything. Whether it is an equation that brings things like the speed of light, the weight of a neutron, and the force of gravity all into one perfect equation, or a formula that will predict economic fluctuations, or a theory that could explain human actions and desires, experts give their lives searching for the key to explain everything. Well, here in the church, we don't have to search for that thing. Love is the key. Love is what holds everything together. Now, I know that it can sound trite when I stand up here and say, love, love, love. <laughs> but when we say love in the church, we don't mean that feeling that you have when you get a new gadget, or the feeling that you have for a pet, or even a spouse. In fact, love is not a feeling. Love is a commitment, an orientation, a priority, an action. If it's true that a picture is worth a thousand words, then the picture that best defines love is the image of Jesus, the Son of God, on the cross. And that is why people are sometimes dismissive of love. It's not because love is too sentimental, too sappy, too emotional, too impractical. No, not at all. Rather, the sort of love that we mean when we say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life, we are talking about a transforming, vulnerable, self-giving love. It's a sort of love that demands everything we have, all of us. And for that reason, sometimes people dismiss love as being impractical. Not because love doesn't work, but love connects things that we would rather have stay divided. In the first part of Jesus' response to the question, he tells us that we are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. In an excellent article on this passage that I read this week, our own Dr. Dora Boyasengo writes that what is elicited from this is a response of extravagant love. We love with our heart, meaning our conscience and morality. It points us towards what many call the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do to you. We love God with our souls, meaning the very essence of our lives. We love God with our minds, with our thoughts, our ideas, our plans. We love God with our strength, meaning our energy, our vitality, our resources. With the entirety of our being, we love God. At all times and in all places and with all things, we respond in love to the God who first loved us. 
But how exactly do we do that? How do we love God? Well, as it is found in 1 John, those who do not love brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. The commandment we have from him is this. Those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. Jesus connects loving God and loving our neighbor. Martin Luther King pointed at this truth when he said, we must learn to live together as brothers and sisters or perish together as fools. Now just stop and think about how ridiculous we all are. I mean that. Here we are sitting on a rock in cold and lifeless space, circling a flaming ball of gas. And God has blessed us with life and a planet that produces more than enough for everyone to have enough. Now, if we're lucky, each of us gets what? 90 years or so of life, which on the scale of human history doesn't even register as a blip. And yet it seems that we are hell-bent, pun intended, on making life hard for one another. We lie, we cheat, we steal, we hoard, we exclude, we divide. Just think about how silly we must all look from an outsider's perspective. We have been told that love is the key to everything and we have tried everything except for using that key. Now that being said, I know that many of you strive to love and truly I am inspired by how you all love one another and serve this community in love. I am not overlooking or dismissing any of that. Nor am I saying if we could just love more that our world would be a better place because none of us are the savior of this world. We all remain human. Sometimes we think we are doing the loving thing, but really we're just making things worse. Jesus does not tell us to love God or our neighbor as a project to do, as something to keep us busy, as a status for us to achieve. Instead, we are told to love because that is how we participate in God's love for us. No matter who you are, no matter what you have done, no matter what you have not done, each and every single one of us and all of us together is loved by God. We do not have to earn or deserve this love, which means it can never be lost or taken away. This is the message of grace, that God loves us and wants nothing more than for us to enjoy this love by participating in this love with God and one another. And the way this love happens is in connecting. The great commandment connects Deuteronomy, where the love of God is mentioned, with Leviticus, where the love of neighbor is found. Jesus' words connect the grace of being loved by God to our calling to participate in and further this love. That old debate that some people like to have about faith versus works, it is obliterated in love. It's not grace or works, it's both. They're two sides of the same coin of love. We are loved, and so we love. The great commandment connects faith with life. Now in the church, certainly, we talk about certain truths. Truths such as God is the creator of all things. God brought the people out of slavery in Egypt. 
God was born in Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus was crucified and rose again on the third day. The Holy Spirit was gifted to all people. But these are not ideas to hold up in our heads. They are truths to be expressed in every moment of life through pursuing love. The great commandment is about the integration of religion and spirituality, of faith and practice, of believing and living. And this commandment of love also connects the two sermon series that we've been in since August, sermons about what is the church and what is stewardship. Over these past several weeks, I have said a lot of words, but I've been talking about love the whole time. The church is the steward of God's love because we are the body of Christ. We have been given the story of faith, the story of how God loved us so much as to come to us in Jesus, to live and die and rise up, to show us the depths and the grandeur of this love. In the Eucharist, which is a gift of love that God has given to us, we see that story of love and receive those dear tokens of Christ's love for us in receiving his body and blood. And in the sermons about financial stewardship, we have considered how when we give of our treasure, that our hearts might follow in being given to God's beloved community in the body of Christ. So one of the central reasons why we give is that in giving, we love, we participate in God's love with the fullness of our being and strength and resources. Now, if we hold back and are not as generous as we might be, we might think that we're doing ourselves a favor by keeping some for ourselves for financial security. But we're really just holding ourselves back from giving ourselves fully to the love that God intends for us. This is the beautiful, mysterious, glorious thing about our faith. Everything is connected in the love of God. Tensions are resolved in love. Differences are reconciled in love. Fears are overcome in love. Enemies are made friends in love. Sins are atoned for in love. Death is resurrected in love. The cross is shown to be the grain of the universe in love. As James Joyce wrote, love loves to love love. Love loves to love love. We are created in love, for love, and by love in order to flourish in that love by loving God and each other. The love of Christ connects all things and brings all things to their perfection. This really is the greatest truth the greatest commandment, the greatest connection, the greatest way. As the beloved of God, we are given the gift of participating in this love that makes all things well by loving God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, all our strength, and loving our neighbors as ourselves. My prayer is that we grow into the fullness of this love in God's beloved community.